Hello, everyone. Welcome to True or False, the podcast that aims to inform the misinformed and shine a light into the dark corners of society. I'm your host, David Wagner. Each week at the top of each episode, we will begin with a quote, and we'll start right off with that. So here we are. Quote, In a time when society is drowning in tsunamis of misinformation, it is possible to change the world for the better if we repeat the truth often and loud enough. That comes from Alberto Cairo. He is the chairman of visual journalism at the School of Communication at the University of Miami. This week, we are talking about vaccinations on the show. For some, this can be more than just a little bit controversial. Um, But when you take a look at the mountains and mountains of evidence in support of the efficacy of vaccines, the subject becomes a lot less controversial. It's really simple. Vaccines work. They work very well. I mean, clearly no medicine or preemptive medical procedure is 100% effective, but for children, vaccines produce immunity up to 90 to 100% of the time. Over the past few decades, and even before that, vaccinations have shown themselves to be our most effective tool not only for the prevention of infectious disease, but for the eradication of infectious disease. At this point, you may be thinking, but what about the argument made by some that say vaccinations do not work, or that vaccines cause autism, or that diseases would be going away on their own because of better hygiene and sanitation practices, even if there were no vaccines? What about those people, you ask? Well, they are wrong. Period. Uh, That's it. No. Uh, Today on the show, we are going to explain why they are wrong. We will touch on a little bit of everything, but we're going to spend most of this episode discussing and debunking the big one, the autism connection myth. To start with, let's examine the claim that even without vaccines, these diseases would be going away on their own because we've improved our hygiene and sanitation practices over the past 50 years. Honestly, I haven't heard this one before, although I've I've met with people who have, but I have no idea how this little tidbit of misinformation began, but it ends here. First of all, it is just completely false. The simple fact is that regardless of how good our hygiene and sanitation habits become, germs are still going to exist. You know, they were here before us humans, and they will probably be here long, long after we are extinct. If we did not have vaccines, many, many more people would fall victim to a wider variety of germs and pathogens. Now we move on to the big one. This one is a whopper, too. It is the view that there is a direct link between vaccinations in children and autism. Not only is this claim completely untrue, it is also unfortunately one of the most widespread pieces of misinformation out there. And it really just boils my blood when I hear people talk about this one. This vaccines cause autism myth has been around for quite a long time. 
but it really gained headway back in 1997 when a British, actually it might have been 98, 97 or 98. Anyways, this British surgeon named Andrew Wakefield published a study in a very prestigious medical journal called The Lancet. It's still around now, and it's the authority on medical studies and research. Anyways, in the study, Mr. Wakefield suggested that the MMR vaccine, that's the measles, mumps, and rubella vaccine, was increasing autism rates in British children. And the study was flawed in a variety of ways right from the start. It was eventually completely discredited due to serious procedural errors, undisclosed financial conflicts of interest, as well as numerous ethical violations. In the immediate aftermath, Dr. Wakefield lost his medical license. The real shame, though, is that this paper was not fully retracted until 2010. By this time, the study had already tarnished the public view on vaccines due to widespread media coverage of the study. And as a result of the scare, public confidence in the vaccination, the MMR vaccination at least, fell to only around 41% in Great Britain following the publication of the Wakefield paper. Even now, in 2017, seven years after this study was discredited, I still run into countless people who believe vaccines directly cause autism, and it simply isn't true. There have been several investigations and studies conducted by various organizations, including the General Medical Council, which is a UK-based organization, and also the CDC, which is a United States-based organization. They looked at the Wakefield study and both found that Wakefield had grossly misrepresented data to skew the results, so that it looked as though there was a direct link between the MMR vaccine and the autism spectrum. In 2006, the Sunday Times reported correctly that Wakefield had been paid nearly 435,000 euros plus expenses by British trial lawyers attempting to prove the vaccine was dangerous. Physicians and medical journals alike often describe Wakefield's actions as fraudulent and even tied them to several epidemics and deaths. And a 2011 journal article described this myth as possibly the most damaging hoax of the last 100 years. So the verdict on the MMR vaccine and this link to autism is in, and the overwhelming evidence suggests that there is absolutely zero link. One reason I think that people still believe it is that kids do still end up with autism, unfortunately. And it just so happens that generally autism doesn't really manifest itself until around the same time that kids are about the age to get their vaccinations. So this, you can see how this coincidence can make some parents kind of think about it. But the evidence is in, and the connection simply isn't there. Next, we are going to touch briefly on one of the scary ingredients found in some vaccines. This myth here really boils down to a fear of injecting foreign substances with scary, sciencey-sounding names into one's body. Actually, we're going to take a look at three of them. 
there are actually a lot of different versions of this type of myth about vaccinations all over the internet. I mean, you can find all kinds of crap from blog posts to entire websites devoted to spreading these rumors about chemicals with scary sounding names in vaccines being toxic or harmful to one's health. Yeah. But anyways, these are things like propylene, glycol, thimerosal, and aluminum. And while it is true that some vaccines do indeed contain some of these substances, it should be understood that the dose or amount is what makes the poison, not the poison itself necessarily. This means that, you know, at the minuscule level that these chemicals are actually used in vaccines, they pose absolutely zero health risk for children and adults alike. And to be thorough, be aware that you can request alternate vaccination formulations without these chemicals. Nevertheless, let's take an in-depth look at some of these chemicals. We will start with propylene glycol. This is the chemical that most anti-vaccination folks will tell you is automobile antifreeze. That's the stuff you put in your car so that your lines and stuff don't freeze up. Not your gas lines, but your, um, well, your coolant. That kind of stuff. The thing is, though, that the chemical in antifreeze is actually called ethylene glycol, which is an entirely different substance than propylene glycol. And the CDC and many other organizations have shown through study upon study that at the level it is used in vaccines, that it is safe. In fact, propylene glycol is used as an additive in many medications, foods, and cosmetic products. You'll find propylene glycol in certain uh, flavored iced teas, ice creams, boxed cake mixes, and food colorings, and some other stuff. So yeah, I'm almost certain we consume more propylene glycol from processed foods than what we get from vaccinations. The next chemical on the list is one I'm sure you've all heard of, mercury. And the claim here is that mercury in vaccines acts as a neurotoxin. I'm not sure that the people who claim this even know what neurotoxins are. Anyways... Late in 2005, both Rolling Stone and Salon magazines co-published an article by Robert F. Kennedy Jr. alleging a government conspiracy to cover up evidence that thimerosal, a mercury-containing preservative that is it used to be used in vaccines, I'm not sure if it is anymore, it may be used in some, but anyway, they, they allege that this can cause brain problems, including, yes, you guessed it, autism. Again, here we go. Soon after running the story, multiple corrections to the story soon appeared, including the glaring fact that Kennedy had incorrectly listed the levels of mercury in thimerosal. And in 2011, the entire article was retracted, and both publications noted that the mercury-autism connection was tainted and flawed. And once again, the CDC, Center for Disease Control, and the WHO, the World Health Organization, 
both state that no evidence exists that thimerosal from vaccines causes health problems in children or adults. You know, one thing to think about in regard to vaccines is this. Um, in all of these rumors, well, if, if all of these rumors and conspiracy theories about vaccines were true, don't you think we would see it in the data? Like, major increases in childhood autism rates, or at least some sort of correlation there? We don't see it. Because it isn't happening. Vaccines are generally safe. The final substance I want to get to that people flip out about being in vaccines is aluminum. And let me explain a little bit. According to the CDC, aluminum is used in some vaccinations in small amounts to stimulate a better immune response. Uh, they put the aluminum in there and your immune system reacts much better to the vaccination, apparently. But let's break down some numbers here to calm your fears on aluminum. According to the FDA, the CDC, and places like the Vaccine Education Center at the Children's Hospital in Philadelphia, a baby that gets all of its recommended vaccinations in its first six months receives about four milligrams of aluminum. From those vaccinations. But on the flip side, a baby that gets uh, breastfed for the first six months of its life receives about 10 milligrams of aluminum from that breast milk. If the baby is on regular milk for six months, that number goes up to about 30 milligrams. And if the baby is on a soy milk kind of based formula, you're looking at around 120 milligrams of aluminum. So if you're worried about the aluminum in vaccines, don't. Babies receive far more aluminum from their food than they do from their vaccinations. So there you have it. We, we covered and hopefully debunked some of the biggest reasons why some people are standoffish about vaccines. It is important the more people who refuse vac to vaccinate their kids, the higher the chances are that we will see outbreaks and even worse, preventable deaths of children from diseases. So if you have not done so, please, I urge you, vaccinate your kids. In my opinion, it should be considered negligence if you don't. I'm David Wagner. Thank you for listening to True or False informing the misinformed uh, check us out on facebook you can just search for true or false podcast uh, we've got updates there extended show notes links and tons of other crap so go check that out and while you're at it shoot us a review on itunes that would be greatly appreciated even if you hate the show um, feedback is awesome <laughs>